welcome to the West Cheltenham podcast. We want to see communities and places buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. Join us live on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30am. We really hope you enjoy this message. Father God, we pray that we would be recipients of this prayer that was prayed for the early church, that we would know more about you, but our hearts might be warm, Lord, by your Holy Spirit and your gift of love. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so it is, it is Father's Day, and uh, Paul, writing to the early church of Ephesus, uh, addresses God as Father right at the beginning there. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. That sense that God is creator and father of all. Uh, his church and all who worship God as Father. And, uh, and Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, wants these, these Christians, these young Christians, to know one thing. The thing is so big, he's searching for a way to say it, this one thing, something that he knows about God that he wants them to know about God. And I wonder if you've ever written a, a card, a birthday card, a Valentine's card, or a Father's Day or Mother's Day card, and, and you come to that point at the end where, where you're signing it off. And uh, what do you put? Best wishes to my darling wife, best wishes, um, or, or love, or lots of love, or lots and lots of love. I mean, how do you explain in words that feeling that you're trying to convey? I, I don't know. How do you do? Just think for yourself. How, how do you do? How do you come up with a word picture of how you feel towards that person? What's your style? And, and Paul is in a similar situation with the, the church here. He wants to tell them something. He wants to tell them something about God's love for them. And he, he does it like this. He says, I pray for you that you would have power, the power of the Holy Spirit to grasp how, how wide it is, how much it encompasses, how long it is, how long it lasts from the very beginning through to eternity. How high it is reaching up to the throne and how low it will reach down. And we have this three dimensions of God's love, how high and wide and long and deep. And, and, and he says, I really, really, really want you to grasp this. Really want you to grasp this. But, but it's not enough still. And there's more. He says, he says, I want you not only to grasp it with your mind, but I want you to know this love. Know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you might be filled to the fullness of what God is giving. So there's a sense in which I, Paul is saying, I want this to pass through your heads, but I want you to know it in your, your hearts, your spirits, your souls, to be soaked in it, to be so full of it that it cannot but overflow. And this is uh, the third chapter of his letter to the Ephesians. What comes before in chapters one and two is a lot of theology, 
a lot of um, how we understand what Jesus has done, what God has done through Christ, what we've received from him, doctrine if you like. And towards the end of the letter, Paul is going to talk about how we behave, our ethics, how to live the Christian life. And the the way the two are joined together is, is this description of love. So it's what we believe, what we understand about God and who Jesus is and what he's done. And then how do we act out of it and And this is what he's just wanting to spend so much time over because the thing that will connect the two is understanding about God's love. Probably one of the best-known works of art in the Western world is surely the section of the Sistine Chapel uh, painted by Michelangelo, which depicts God on the screen now reaching down to touch Adam's fingertip and give him life. Uh, Adam there is uh, reclining, uh, and God the Father, pictured in heaven, the angels around him reaching down, and and the hands tantalizingly reaching out to each other. But Adam looks as though he needs a shot of life there. If we just have the zoom, the close-up, there you are, there's the two fingers reaching out, and Adam's reaching out to God the Father for that touch that will prove to be the source of life and living, the connection that brings about the divine life. And it's like, if you like, electricity running through wires. Love comes from God, the source of love. Elsewhere in the Bible, God is defined as love. His very nature is love. And so Michelangelo captures in this way this Adam needing to be brought to life by the flow of God. How does this happen? Paul writes in Romans 5, chapter 5, verse 5, describes it like this. And this is, this is the gift of Pentecost. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us. God's love poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Thank you for that. The thing about love, though, is, is for love to be real, you know it just can't be switched on and off. It's actually something you do, or it's something you are, if you're in love. Not just a feeling, but an act of the will, but it's something that directs the whole of our living. And what the Bible says is, is, is love at its heart is a supernatural gift. It's from God, and we receive it. So we open up the flow And it is the Holy Spirit that fills our hearts, uh, the Holy Spirit that warms cold hearts, the Holy Spirit that softens hard hearts. And I guess we all know when our our heart has gotten cold or, or got hardened, despite our perhaps our best intention, we just know that feeling, don't we? And the offer of God that Paul is praying for is that no matter how world-weary and cynical we've become, is that the Holy Spirit will come and do that softening, that dissolving of that world-weariness. When the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, cynicism and the Holy Spirit cannot exist together. The Holy Spirit does something to cynicism. 
It believes that what we think is impossible could be. The person who we don't believe could ever change, well, actually through God and the power of love could change. And what happens when the Holy Spirit comes is that your heart, my heart, our hearts begin to warm towards others. My own testimony is that when I was a became a Christian uh, in my late 20s. Um, I'd heard about God as God is love. I'd heard that Jesus Christ, he gave himself on the cross. I'd heard about uh, sin getting in the way and Jesus died for sin to make right the pathway for us to return to God. And I'd said yes to God. But what I hadn't bargained for was actually the Holy Spirit. So I said yes to God. What I found, I was watching the news just the following day. And on the news, there was something about a terrorist attack and people had been killed and injured. And I started to cry. That had never happened before. It took me by surprise. And looking back, what had happened was God had come into my heart. He'd softened my hard heart that heart that had grown over, that had become hardened towards life and other people's suffering and other people's problems. And, and, and I saw this thing on television, I started crying. It took me by a huge surprise. I was given compassion towards others. St. Augustine, one of the early church fathers, whose writings still direct our thinking, he writes this, love and do what you want. Love and do what you want. If you're silent, be silent with love. If you cry out, cry out with love. If you chastise, chastise with love. If you spare, spare with love. The root of love must be within. Nothing but good can come out of this root. What's within us? The deposit of God, the love that is wide and long and high and deep, if, if we act out of that place, good will arise. And we know the opposite is so true, that if we don't act out of that place of love, then, then it all falls apart. We know love when we feel it and see it. We know it when we, we're in the presence of love. And we also know, don't we, when, when love is absent. John, uh, the disciple, the apostle of Jesus, the writer of the gospel, he, uh, we understood that he lived a very long time until he was, he was old, something like 95. And he'd been in exile on Patmos. And he'd returned to the church at Ephesus as an old man. And he continued his ministry and he spoke about Jesus to the end of his long life. And the story goes that whenever he went to church and he couldn't walk to church any longer because he was so old, but his followers would carry him and they'd lay him down. And, and the young Christians would ask him, John, John, give us something. Tell us what it's about. And he would say the same thing every week, apparently. Every week he would say, little children love each other. 
And time and time again, each week this went on, they brought him in, laid him down. John, you, you knew Jesus in your youth. You're a disciple. You've lived your whole life empowered by the Holy Spirit. Just give us something. Give us the most important thing. And he'd say, week in, week out, little children love each other. At some point, they got a bit tired of this, though, and they said, but John, you, you lived with Jesus. You followed Jesus. You've been full of the Holy Spirit all your life. Can you not just give us something else, something to live by? And John is supposed to have said this. Why do I keep saying this? Because it is the Lord's command. And that was the one new command in the Bible that was given by John. Love each other as I have loved you. The one new command. All the rest are all commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. And John says, love each other. A new command I give to you. And if this only is done, John said, his reputer said, if this only is done, it is enough. And it strikes me that after spending a lifetime of knowing Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, reflecting on the ministry of the Spirit, these three little words, love each other, they're to be explored and thought about and lived. And so at the heart of the Christian community, in a service that includes a baptism, what are we doing when William is baptized? We're we're putting William into the flow of love. When we're baptized, that's what happens. We come into the church and we're being placed by our parents or if it's our own decision, we're, we're saying, I want to be part of that, that flow of love from God to us, from God into our hearts, God changing how we act towards the world, our families, our friends, and outwards. And, and there is this flow of love. And we're saying, William, we want you to be part of that flow of love. Your family's love, God's love. And then we'll give you a candle and we'll, we'll say, shine as a light in the world. Go out and, and shine and show that love. So for us who are older, For us who may be a little bit more life-weary, who know what it's like for our hearts to go cold or hardened, and we recognize that, but God might be whispering something different this morning. How do we learn to love? Not just friends and family, not just our neighbors, but, but Jesus even said, love your enemies. How do we learn to love? strikes me that uh, the evidence of love is what people do. Not just what they say. I think you could say, I love you, but then never follow it up with anything, and that wouldn't count for much. How do you know that we mean it, that other people mean it? The answer is so often what they will do for you, what they'll sacrifice for you. In fact, sacrifice is almost the currency of love. If you ask yourself what really matters and you're not sure, well, ask the question, what would you sacrifice most for? Your career? Your home? 
your hobby, your family? See, the thing that you'd sacrifice most, most for is a thing that we value above all others. So the husband or the wife who says, I love you, but no longer lifts a finger or doesn't give a gift or never actually does anything for you or doesn't listen to you, well, carrying on with your lives without any of that, you wonder if those words mean anything at all. And reflecting on family life, if I may, uh, it's often it's not the big things. It's often the accumulation of the small things, the little sacrifices that you offer to each other over a lifetime. The same is true for any friendship, any relationship. It's the little things, little things like getting out of bed to go and see the baby so that your partner, your husband, wife can have a few extra hours in bed when they need it. Putting away your phone so you can listen to the other person properly. Anticipating needs before they're spoken. Doing that little shopping before it's asked for. Those little things that just say, I note and I care. And these are the things that make a relationship of love over time. The sort of sacrifices and of course, any of those sacrifices, any of those acts are, are, are but a taste of what God has done for us in Jesus. In Jesus, when we talk about God showing his love, we talk about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross so that we can be forgiven and the path made right for God, for us to return to God. The love of God that was shown supremely on the cross that he opened wide his arms of love upon the cross for us to receive so we could get back into the flow. That's how we learn to love. The Apostle John reflected on Jesus' life, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul pointed us towards that gift. And as a church, we often pray, come Holy Spirit, I want to just suggest that that might be a prayer for every day. The prayer that we pray in the morning, almost don't get out of bed without praying it. Come Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Because what I can tell you is that your day will go better. That the world will be a better place to live in because you and I have prayed that prayer in the morning. Come Holy Spirit, come into my heart. And it changes the way we think, you see, and it changes the way we act. And boy, doesn't the world need a whole group of people that are pouring love into the world. And it all begins with God's love towards us. That was his plan from eternity. And the wonder is, it's still his plan for today. Just invite you as we come in a few minutes' time to, to William's baptism, almost to, to put yourself that childlike place, and I, I'd like to receive that. It's become so complicated, hasn't it? But sometimes as a child, I just, I just want to hear God the Father saying, I love you. And acknowledge, 
I need to be filled again. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, head to westchelt.org.uk or search Westchelt across social media. We love you. We can't wait to see you again.